2: show 93.3 real talk radio and war chant tv and redemption thursday rolls on if you missed the picks i'll get to them momentarily in a bit we'll do red zone we'll do solving for the future we'll do probables the picks as they look Metro Deli. thank you by the way i don't see why not uh we got 10 i went straight up normal this week guys uh, instead of player props which continue to be victorious First half totals, game totals, all that good stuff. By the way, last week, one of my first half totals covered by a half point. You know you're living right, baby. Anyhow, Oregon State, given the three and a half, I don't think Cam is going to play for Utah. I like Oregon State. Louisville minus three and a half against NC State. BYU plus two against Cincinnati. Southern Cal given 21 and a half to Colorado. The beatdowns continue for Colorado. That'll be good. Clemson minus six and a half against Syracuse. Arkansas plus six. Against Texas A&M Georgia minus 14 and a half against Auburn. Missouri 13 and a half against Vandy. LSU laying two and a half against a dysfunctional bunch at Ole Miss Duke plus five and a half against Notre Dame Kind of looking for the upset, maybe even on the money line. I'm kind of curious about something. Uh, and again, as I said, uh, we got mom's wagers coming up, all that good stuff. Everything it's all on the table. Curious about the renovation in Tallahassee at Doe Campbell stadium and what's going to happen. Um, I was reading an article and of course, I think it's on the mind of a lot of people who have season tickets and are either being relocated or being forced out of their seats or kind of, I think just frustrations out there. I also think there's an understanding that the environment for college football has changed dramatically. I think we know that uh, maybe less is more these days. Uh, in certain locations, especially, uh, and I and I think that even if Florida State gets back to a a dominant form that they once uh, lived at for for nearly two decades, uh, that that seventy thousand makes more sense than eighty three thousand, and perhaps sixty thousand makes more sense than seventy thousand. If what you're sacrificing is in total number of seats, you're uh, in, in adding um, in in amenities because that is really the thing that is going to allow for people to consistently still come out. Yes, the live atmosphere cannot be replicated at home, but it seems that the comfort and the ability to see the game clearly uh, is, is one that has overrided the need to be there in person and feel the adrenaline. At least for lesser tier games, and the truth is you're only playing four games, maybe five, maybe at best a year, that is going to see everybody want to come out, and so I think you're seeing a lot of teams do this. In fact, don't know if you saw this, but Memorial Stadium, there in Nebraska, where the fan base is diehard and there's nothing else to do, uh, is also getting a facelift and changing. Um, a planned 450 million dollar renovation will come with seating reduction, according to Trev Alberts. Uh, he said this uh, to uh, the Nebraska athletics director and former all world player there um, noted that uh, they're going to add chairbacks to the East, West and South stadium sides. It will lower the capacity a bit quote. The reality is if you look at putting in the modern amenities that our fans would like, the physical structure of Memorial stadium remains the same, but you're going to have a 10 to 12% reduction in capacity based on widening aisles putting handrails out there, doing the things from ADA and other things that I think a stadium in 2023 really demands, um, those renovations uh, are going to move forward. And uh, they're going to add to it a 360-degree main-level concourse connection as well as a 270-degree upper-level concourse connection, and it allows fans more mobility, et cetera. You know, we talk about this all the time at Florida State. they got to do so much better. With amenities and uh, the internet, for example, the scoreboard, for example, and what's on said scoreboard. Now they seem to have solved the problems around here regarding uh, the entry to the stadium. Things have gone smoothly. Now we'll see. They got a three game home stretch coming up that'll really test uh, how smoothly the operation runs, but soon it's going to be upheaval soon. It's going to be kind of weird. And I was just thinking to myself in the ever changing world of college football and the need to win the arms race. And what we see uh, when we talk about NIL and we talk about roster retention and player acquisition and the amazing work that the battles end has done, you know, you get the sense that there's a lot, that is transforming, that is changing, that is going to be discussed within the next six months to a year. And I think Florida State will always have a hard time keeping up. It is still one of the younger universities when you look at the um, all-time pillars of college football. Florida State is in the pantheon, the great, the legends of the programs that make up uh, college football's hierarchy. And they've had to do it in a very short period of time. But because of that, They don't have the alumni base that some of the other bigger schools do, and when you don't have uh, that generational alumni base uh, year over year, decade over decade over decade over decade that goes back over 100 years, then you're missing out on funds, and this leads to the kinds of problems we've seen in the past, which is coaches, Jimbo Fisher namely, and others asking for more amenities, wanting, um, you know, better facilities to try to keep up with those that they're tasked with competing with. It is trying to figure out a balance between those things that coaches want, but also the amenities. And uh, I think the, the facelift that the stadium needs and uh, where does your money go, whether that's to the battles in, or some people would say the boosters. I certainly think that so far what we've learned with the battles in if you like a talented roster and the ability to compete at a high level and want to do that moving forward, you've got an elite group that's done a very good job with that. Personally, that's the route I would go, but not everybody agrees with that, and I'm not going to tisk anybody who doesn't. But I do think we're going to see a clash, and I won't be surprised. And I'm just putting this out there now because I hear these rumblings behind the scenes, and when you talk to people and you piece all this stuff together, you can start to kind of, I think, write the story of what's going to happen next. Maybe not exactly. Maybe the timetable will be a little off. But I think you can see fan frustration build. I think you can see coaches' frustrations build. I think you have a very aggressive athletic director, thank goodness, who finally has total autonomy, as many athletic directors here in the most recent past have not had, to, uh, to make big decisions. And, and those big decisions will have a huge impact on the next 50 years of Florida State football, 40 years of Florida State football, and the way that that looks and how it gets done. It might have a major impact on, um, on, on what players end up at Florida State, what coaches stay at Florida State, which coaches go, who, all of that stuff. It's all in play, how the stadium looks, everything from these artist renderings and all that we look at. I think we are in changing times. It is a very fluid situation. And while we're all rightfully hyper-focused on this season and the success Florida State's having, you're going to begin to hear about the other stuff. And I know I say that almost with a tone that's ominous. I don't mean it to be, but change in general is hard. And when you are going through a lot of change, what's prioritized and what pecking order things get done has an effect on groups of people, whether it's fans, alumni, boosters, athletic directors, coaches, players. And to what degree that effect um, takes hold and changes the outlook, good or bad, uh, is, is dictated by what's prioritized so I, I I find it all fascinating. I also find it interesting that we still have lots of people. We see this on the boards. I see this in emails. I see this on social media, and I think it's a right question to ask. It's something that people have wondered about. You know we've heard so much about this uh, football only facility and the magnitude of the build, and it's coming, and it's gonna happen. We saw the shovels in the ground. We saw the pictures. We haven't seen anything else. Maybe it's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe maybe things begin next week or next month or after the season. Maybe they begin a year from now. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe monies are shifted. I don't know. You don't get the sense that um, this is in a good place in terms of moving forward with that facility uh, and, and the finances necessary to do that. At least that's not the sense that I get. This is not to trouble make. This is to merely point out that I think we're going to be talking about big picture stuff in the coming days and months, probably more towards the end of the season. Because right now, Florida State is 4-0, undefeated, and in a prime position to win this conference for the first time in a long time. And obviously, uh, nearly 10 years, and a position to make the college football playoff. That will always take precedent over any of the other stuff on the periphery. But the stuff on the periphery matters, and it matters to fans, and it matters to our pocketbooks, and it matters to the success of Florida State and what that looks like moving forward. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV. We'll come back for more in a moment. time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash With all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement zone the five years leading up to your retirement date and immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, I might add, Adam Tolliver and his team at Artists and Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us are at midfield, and that'd be me, and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in. You're already on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family from a long-term care event, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of advisory experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to nolretirement.com.
1: That's just one word, nolretirement.com. The Cameron Show is a production of the warchant.com Multimedia Network.
2: Show Redemption Thursday, and uh we're combining Redemption Thursday with Libations Friday. And I don't want to screw this up. I want to make sure we get all our sponsors in. And as always, you support the people that support us. Makes things possible for all parties involved to win symbiotic relationship, right? We're all winning here, we hope. Uh kind of like Charlie Sheen, I guess. Anyhow, uh, this next one is the red zone, and we do it every Friday. Today, we're doing it on a Thursday. I will say this: Tom's done a really good job with the montage. Let's let's hear that montage, and then I'll tell you all about our friends and artists. And do it up. Let's go. Cue it up.
1: Welcome to the Majesty. Every freaking rep. The elegance to win the game. Oh, it it's the upright. It's no good. You have entered.
3: Someone burned down the funeral home. You burned the funeral home.
1: Lives will be changed.
3: Touchdown!
1: Unbelievable! Mothers will cry. When you see the players get all that they have in and, uh, and the moves where well, it's tough. Legacies are etched into eternity. North, South Dakota was his brother from West Virginia. This is the Red Zone.
2: It is the uh, Red Zone. We all know how important it is to score in the Red Zone. Uh, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? The five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are of course a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family and our friend and fellow Noel, I might add Adam Tolliver and his team at artisan financial strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, maybe we're just at midfield. want to plan ahead others ready to punch it in. You're down on the goal line. So whether that's making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising healthcare costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the artisan team brings a combined 30 plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. That's what we want. For more information, Make sure you head on over to com. That's com, All one word. We love it. These guys are great at what they do. Go check them out. Now, Tom is on vacation. So we bring my man, Ben, in, who you see from time to time. He's Mr. Everything. I think you're kind of making your JCS debut here, Ben. Welcome in, buddy.
0: It is, yeah. I'm going to have to mark this down September 28th, 2023. uh, One of the monumental moments in my career. I'm excited to be on the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show. This is awesome.
2: Well, uh, you have the proper reverence. You're off to a good start. I'm really proud of you for that right off the bat. All right, now, I don't know. Let's hope he did his due diligence. Uh, If you're going to make your your guest appearance, your first appearance on the show, I hope you're prepared. Did Tom Lang... The uh, the esteemed producer that is Tom Wing sends you the proper red zone questions to uh, posit to uh, me.
0: Uh, yeah, I've got four questions for you here. So whenever you want to get rolling, we can, uh, we can chop it up. All right, let's do it. Let's figure it out. I never know what he's going to ask me, so I am
2: kind of intrigued here. What is question one, Ben, for the red zone? Here we go. Well,
0: First we're putting down. you out there on the ledge to get started. True or false, a one-loss ACC champion Florida State is a lock for the college football playoff.
2: I'm gonna say false. Uh, And the reason that I'm gonna say false is uh, you have a lot of like teams. And it seems to me that Florida State just got done winning a game on the road against Clemson that wasn't all that well thought of. In fact, Florida State has the two best wins in the country and they sit at number five. So it seems to me that if you're to drop one along the way that you're gonna fall somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to 10 and we are not in the 12-game playoff these days. We're in the four-team playoff, 12-team uh, playoff. We're in a, a four-team playoff. So I, I don't think that Florida State can guarantee. He said lock. So I don't think it's a lock. Do I think Florida State could be one of the one-loss teams that makes the college football playoff? I do. Uh, it depends on who you lose to, when you lose to them, and what that final score is. Uh, if you were to lose a road game, uh or or, you know by three say at pit and then you dominated the other games and you have the wins under your belt against clemson and 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 also lsu also don't forget this guys we become as florida state fans some of the biggest fans of both lsu and clemson now the rest of the way every time lsu plays Ben, I got to tell you, I'm rooting for them, and I don't care about LSU one way or the other, but I have to root for them. When they were on the ropes last week against Arkansas, I was a little nervous. You don't need LSU going out here losing four or five times. And Clemson already has two losses, albeit one of them to us. You don't need them going out there and losing two or three more times. Don't let this loss to Florida State become two losses by going on the road and losing to Syracuse, which has been a nightmare place. For Clemson to play we need those teams to continue to play well and then Florida State's resume is only strengthened so on first down I like the question but I'm here to say that 11-1 is not a lock to go to the college football playoff although it's also not uh, guaranteed that you'd be excluded from the college football playoff next second down what do we got
0: all right another true or false question for you defensive coordinator Adam Fuller has done a good job this year true or false
2: Wow. That is an awesome question. You have stumped me. You have stumped me, Tom Lang. I like the question. Man, I didn't expect that one. (sighs) I'm torn on this, guys. I am torn on this. I am just as frustrated as everybody else with the way that games start for this defense. They have had a real hard time coming out the gates and becoming the team that we see they are after they adjust at halftime. You feel like at some point, if you continue to come out and allow opposing quarterbacks to have their best game against you, which is what happened with Boston college, which is what just happened last weekend at Clemson. uh, You know, we, it's frustrating. You know, it's very frustrating. You feel like that'll catch up to you at some point. You'll lose a football game. There will be a a total that you can't come back from, or there will be a backbreaking play that you can't come back from. That said, And while he's done a poor job with that, Florida State does stop the run very well. They've been very good in red zone defense. And I think they may have just uncovered who they are after this last game, after these last two games, which is a very aggressive defense that should play man and get after the quarterback. You look at the pressure rate from the first half to the second half last weekend, they went from 10% pressure rate in the first half to over 40, 40%. And I'm talking about called blitzes, called yeah. pressures. That is a more effective use of our personnel. So I guess to some degree I would say no, he has not, because you can come out the gates looking like this, but it hasn't been a total flop. I guess I'm fence sitting here. I'll say no with the caveat that I think he is going to do a good job the rest of the way. We'll see if we can get off the field on third down. I like that. That was a good question. What is third down?
0: We've gotten past our true or false questions now. So here on third down, uh, the unexpected hero of post-bye week Florida State is blank.
2: An unexpected hero. Hmm. Who do I suspect? Well, I will tell you this. I think you're going to see the emergence of the slot receivers or slot tight ends even I think that's going to be more of what they do in the middle of the field. I think they have opportunities. I guess I'll say Jaheim Bell, and that would be an expected hero, though. He's already having a good year, and when he's been given opportunity, he's been great. Maybe maybe I'll say you could say Marquiston Douglas Mm. or Destin Hill. One of these guys who's going to man that role and have an opportunity to start really contributing in the passing game in in the way of receptions. Destin Hill is too talented. Winston Wright is is serviceable, is, is probably a plus player. These are guys that are not getting opportunities right now because either we're not looking in the middle of the field or we're not calling their number in terms of total snaps. It's an interesting time for this offense. They have been nothing close to as good as they can be, and yet they do have these two very significant wins. So if Jordan starts running, you'll start to see things open up a little bit as they get healthy and they get more comfortable with some of these guys in the middle of the field. I'm going to have to side with a player like Destin Hill, I guess, who would, I guess that's the, the right answer because as of right now, with how little they've used him, it would be unexpected. So I'll go with Destin Hill to, uh, to that answer. I think he has a chance to make uh, a bunch of plays in the middle of the field. And right now we haven't been looking for him. That's a fun one. All right, fourth down, we're in the red zone. We've been very efficient, by the way, in the red zone. Not only in my answers today, which have been spectacular. And Ben's delivery to these questions have also been fantastic. Tom, in absentia, has been very, very good. Director Matthews behind the scenes running things, and he's kicking ass. The JCS, all in all today, very, very efficient. And if you're referencing Florida State, they too have been very, very efficient. What are they, 17 of 17 in the red zone? 14 of those are touchdowns. We always say when you get down to the red zone, it's not about field goals. But Fitzy's been very, very good. It is about touchdowns. They've scored uh, 14 of them. That's a good sign. Fourth down, here we go. It's the big one.
0: As efficient as we've been today, I'm surprised the defense has gotten us to fourth down, Jeff. Uh, (laughs) So this is another tough one. And, you know, Florida State's trying to get that ground game rolling. Uh, So Tom leaves you with this one on fourth down. Who are Florida State's two leading rushers next week against Virginia Tech?
2: Uh, I guess Virginia Tech. Uh, Trey Benson will once again, I think, lead the way in rushing. And then I'll say Rodney Hill. Uh, I think they'll give those two guys the bulk of the carries. I don't think it'll be Lawrence Ophelia. I think he's more effective in the passing game. And I'm pretty sure that they're still not going to run Jordan Travis next week. Uh, or you know, I, I think that if you can avoid him having to run the ball and still – efficient on offense against a bad bad virginia tech team that's not a good team guys i know i said that about boston college but castellanos is going to be a problem for people this year i don't think virginia tech has much so if you can get out to a good lead and really hand the ball off to your top two backs i think rodney Hill's kind of emerged now as one of those guys so i would say trey benson's still your number one and rodney hill might be your number two now in time Jordan Travis will be the answer to that question. I think he's going to start running more once they get him healthy. But right now, you need him to rest and get right. It'll be interesting to see also if they kind of jumble some things with this offensive line. They have it up to now. Once again, I want to remind you guys, and Ben, you're kicking ass here today. That was good. I'm glad you jumped in and really came through big time. This has been, of course, uh, the red zone that we do every week, which is, again, brought to you by our friends at Artisan Financial Strategies. Want to learn more about what they do? This is, I know we have fun in this segment, but it's an important part of your life, making sure that your finances are in order, making sure that you've appropriately uh, allocated these finances for your future. Go check out nolretirement.com. That's all one word, nolretirement.com. That's it, Ben. You did good, buddy. You can wipe yourself out of here. That's a good debut. I'm proud of you. Well done, sir. We might even have you back someday. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Coming up next, my mother. It's time to wager. I won both bets last week. Even things up. All is right with the world. I had to track her down early this morning to get these picks ready. She obliged, and she's on video this time around, although it's grainy because she's using a computer from like 87. It's coming up next, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
1: The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network.
2: It's that time of the week, and we didn't want the week to go by without having Mama on the show to get caught up, as we're wont to do. Normally, it's a Libations Friday episode, but today is serving as such, both Redemption Thursday and Libations Friday, because I'm off tomorrow. It's Forest State's bye week, and Tom took it to Disney World. I'm going to take it to the golf course, and we're going to catch our breath for the remainder of the season as we have a whirlwind schedule, but... A, I couldn't do this without uh, out talking to mom and B, why wouldn't I want to? Because I won both the games, mom, that we had different last week.
3: I know you did. I, I knew I told you I should not have picked Atlanta. I don't know why I did. And anyway, that was one of the ones. And then the, the other game we had different. What was the other one? Um, I don't even remember. I don't have it in front of me here. I'm all, oh, wait, maybe I do. I think oh, uh, oh, yes, the Green Bay game, Green yeah, Bay, it, New Orleans, and that was a one pointer. Holy smokes. Yeah. In fairness to you, you, you kind of were in both those. I mean, you had a chance. I, yes, I yeah. know. I know. Well, that's well, all right. We're now we're even we're like back at the beginning again,
2: dead even on the season and some tough games to choose from. So I'm going to get started in full disclosure. I had my mom record this in the morning. So we are both ill-prepared, but you've had time now about 20 minutes to look at the schedule. I'm going to do the same. We got a game tonight we can pick. A lot of times we miss these games on Thursday, and then we just I have know. to trust each other on Friday.
3: I know. I know. All right. Well, I have got Green Bay. Uh, I'm going to
2: take Green Bay as well. Okay. And that um, is Detroit versus Green Bay, and it is a great game but I think, once again, unfortunately, Mother, the Packers have fallen into another good
3: quarterback. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, he—he, he, I think he, he's going to be really good. You're right. And he, he was good last week. I mean, well, in the beginning, isn't that the game where they didn't start out so good? They were terrible for three quarters. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, it was like the light went on, and they were... Really good. Well, and of course, then that was New Orleans. Uh, Derek Carr got hurt, right?
2: And yeah, that, but their defense gave it up late. That's all that was. Their defense was awful at the end of that game. So very, very strange. I, it's a strange time. Uh, I thought that Jordan Love looked like a real deal player in the fourth quarter. And it feels like he's got some
3: confidence. If yeah. this game were in
2: Detroit, I'd pick Detroit. Yeah, I know.
3: That's a hard one. Green, Because Detroit, I think, is good, too. So All um, right. I've Here got go. you
2: You do too. All right. Over in London, the Falcons, who are two and one, will take on the Jaguars. You can watch this game, Mom, at 9 30 in the morning on Sunday. Falcons at Jags.
3: Yeah. I'm not picking Atlanta again. I'm Jacksonville.
2: <laughs> I've got Jacksonville as well. Um, Dolphins at Bills, and by far and away, the best
3: game of the year. I have that one starred because I've agonized over this game. I don't know if Miami scored all their points for the season last week or not. And um I know Buffalo's good too. I took Miami. I think Miami's kind of riding a wave right now. And if Tua continues to stay upright, as we say, I think they've got a lot of weapons.
2: They have the four fastest receivers in the league on the same team.
3: Yeah, I know. How did that happen? Well, um, they
2: made a smart trade, and they drafted well. I think the Dolphins are great. I took them as well, and I have them winning this game on the road against the Bills.
3: Yeah, I I, I know. Well, I'm glad to know I wasn't totally crazy, because I did, but I did I did agonize over it a bit.
2: In a battle between two teams, and this is not the only one on the weekend, in a battle of two teams that... Neither have won a game. We have the Vikings on the road against the Panthers. Both are
3: 0-3. I know. And both are not so very good. But I took Minnesota.
2: I took I'm the taking Vikings as well.
3: Over whoever that guy is in Carolina, who I'd never heard of, right? Isn't that the team that has a quarterback I haven't I've never heard of?
2: You've heard of Bryce Young. He won the Heisman. Oh, he was-
3: Bryce Young. Okay, no, I'm thinking of who am I thinking of that has that quarterback I've never heard of. Well, anyway, I still took Minnesota.
2: Well, Bryce Young may not play, and it may not matter. He's been hurt, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and Well, Bryce Young is good.
3: Yeah, 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 sorry.
2: Well, I don't know if he's good. He was good in college, and you've heard of him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right, here you go. Two terrible teams, uh, and I mean terrible. I mean, this is a battle to see who sucks the most. Broncos, Bears. I know. I took the Bears. I, I think they may suck a little less than
3: Denver. Denver's really terrible. Now I know they're playing in Denver though. No, no, they're not. They're playing in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, no, I took Chicago.
2: I don't know. I think these two organizations are both in, in complete disarray.
3: I, know, I I agree. I agree. But I, I think Chicago may be in a little less disarray. I I'm really just, never realized that Russell Wilson, how did, was he so good in the beginning of his career?
2: He was great, but their problem's not Russell right now. Although he's not good, they just gave up seventy points. Uh, I know. I
3: know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now and that's probably they're probably not, not they're probably mad. But um, I still I'm still taking Chicago.
2: It's a coin flip game. I'll take the Bears. They both suck. I feel I I feel like the Broncos have already quit on Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, so I'll do it. Okay,
3: great game. Ravens at Browns. Yeah, it is a really good game. I took the Ravens. I don't really know why, except I – you know, I don't know about Deshaun Watson. I I just –
2: He played great last
3: week. Well, I know he did, but I I don't know. He's kind of iffy. I mean, he can either be really good or not so good.
2: No, he's basically been terrible since he's come back from the scandal, but he had a really good week last week. I think the reason that we're going to differ on this game – you take Baltimore, I'll take Cleveland. That's our first different – is I actually trust that Cleveland defense an awful lot. I think Cleveland's defense – is the difference maker here. Yeah, and it's,
3: they are. They are good. I it's, agree. It's
2: a fun game. It's a fun game. Yeah. Um, okay, I think this is a strangely interesting game because of all the rookie quarterbacks. I think the Texans may have found the right guy. Um, and and it could be CJ's really good for them. Uh, remember him at Ohio State, Mama. He was really, really good. He's off mm-hmm. to a good start this season. The Steelers are at the Texans. I know.
3: I took
2: Pittsburgh. I'm gonna take Pittsburgh too, but I think that game could be a little closer than people think. I I, yeah. I suspect it might be. Uh Rams at the Colts. Oh, uh the golly, the Rams at the Colts. That I, I took the Colts. Me too. All right, mom. Here's a test of your uh your trust. The Bucks are on the road against the Saints in that Saints defense.
3: I know, and the Saints give us such trouble. They really, we always struggle against them. I don't really know why, but anyway, um, I took Tampa Bay. I'm gonna take the I, Saints. I, I know. I I figured you would. I figured you would. <laughs> I um I'm gonna take them to bounce back. Commanders at the
2: Eagles. You're gonna take the Eagles. Yes, I am. Bengals at the Titans.
3: Good game. Yeah, I took Cincinnati.
2: I guess, I guess I'll guess i do the same. I'm wrestling with it. They're both one and two. The Raiders are at the Chargers.
3: Yeah, I took the Chargers.
2: You and me both. I think the next game is a defensive-minded war here. The Patriots are at the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, I know it. I, I just think Dallas has got a little more on offense than New England. I took Dallas. I did
2: as well. I think we're both going to take the 49ers over the Cardinals. Yes. Here you go. Chiefs on the road against the Jets. You're going to take the Chiefs. I am. Finally, Seattle is at New York. That would be the Giants. Seattle at New York for the final game. I took Seattle. Me too. Me too. So we only have two different again this week, Mama. I went 2-0 last week against you. Now we have these two.
3: I need to. Well, I if I win the Bucks game, I'll be happy. If we split, I'll be happy.
2: If we split, if we split, and you win the Bucks game, I'll be happy. I'll be fine know. With that.
3: I know. I know. Yeah. Well, that other game, the Baltimore-Cleveland game. Yeah, I think that's really a toss-up too. One um, game. Yeah, and, and there's a couple of really good games this week, and then there's a couple of terrible ones.
2: Yeah, but we have the battle. <laughs>
3: Minnesota Carolina game. And then what's the other one? Oh yeah. The Denver um, Chicago. Chicago game. Oh Lordy. Well, you should
2: pay us to watch that game. Mama. I love you. It is always fun. I'm glad you were able to jump on with me this morning. I, know. And- I had to get
3: my head together. Lordy, Lordy, this is <laughs> early for me and then to be thinking and to have to make serious picks. <laughs> Bye mom. Bye, mom. Love you. well, enjoy your week off. I will. Love you, Mama. All right. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Our next partner
2: is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins. and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning. When I wake up, I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this too, it is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash jcs. Again, that's go to, uh, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash jcs. That's drinkag1.com slash jcs. Check it out. It's delicious, it's quick, it's easy, it's proven, vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it, you'll feel better, I promise.
1: The Cameron Show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network. Check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3.
2: Put it up on the Jeff Cameron Show, a Redemption Thursday edition, somewhat Live Friday edition, combo segments abound. Just did uh, Red Zone. Now we're going to do ISF and Solve for the Future. I want to leave these guys out just because I'm taking a Friday off during the bye week. We're also going to do Probables and Braves fans. I'll have a stat for you in a moment. Probably heard all the stats you could possibly hear about Ronald Acuna Jr. and the season that he's had. And by the way, I want to especially thank. Ronald Acuna Jr. I picked him before the season began in the summertime. Before things got uh, well, I shouldn't say the summertime. As as before the season began, I jumped on him because uh, obviously we'd all seen the uh, the ability, the the gifted uh, and talented Ronald Acuna Jr. had already displayed, ex- but he hadn't stayed healthy, and so I was kind of the mindset that uh, if he ever does, I can only imagine the season that he's going to put together. And so I threw a little pizza money down on my man in the offseason in the hopes that he would win it. And you should know that you get incredibly good odds when you bet in the offseason on an individual player to win an MVP because of all the things that have to happen for that player to win said MVP, A, they got to beat out the rest of the league, B, uh, or at least in their, their department, in the National League or the American League, and then B, they got to stay healthy. And so you know you're hoping some guy doesn't have a career year at the same time that your guy that you selected to bet on plays well, but also that your guy just somehow stays healthy. And given that Ronald Acuna Jr. has not always stayed healthy, and the manner in which he plays, which is all out, and he steals a ton of bases, you can get hurt. Thankfully, he has not. And that number that I will send you away here momentarily uh, certainly solves for the future, but that's not the future that I had in mind. I was just going to note for you that my friends at ISF. All across the country from right here in little old Tallahassee. How awesome is that? They've made state agencies uh, like yours, perhaps, and businesses like yours. They've been helping you. They've been aiding you since 1979. They've been honing the capabilities there at ISF and the globe, the digital revolution uh, and ever-changing technologies of the information age. You like how grandiose I'm going today, guys? Clients rely on ISF advise protect advance their management and business practices and they understand the way state government works they understand the full spectrum of the business processes that need to be better workflow strategies it initiatives all those things I tell you about it all the time and that's why ISF collaborates with us and we collaborate with them and we celebrate ISF whenever we solve for the future as for Florida state I think very specifically solving for the future involves this probably changing personnel on the offensive line. They have to hope that Maurice Smith stays healthy uh, for the remainder of the season at center. If he does not, they'll move Washington to center who I think has done an admirable job at the position, but I think he's more valuable elsewhere. We've often referred to him as sort of a a Swiss army knife in Darius Washington because he's a guy that can play tackle. He's a guy that can play guard and he's a guy that can play center and he can play all of those in a plus way, but I think he's more valuable along the rest of the line. And that's because you've had some ups and downs in the way of performances at guard. that hasn't been great play at guard, and it hasn't been great play, frankly, at right tackle. The other thing about that is this. If you're juggling personnel, and we just don't know how much of Robert Scott you're going to have this year, how available is he going to be? Is he going to be ready for this next game against Virginia Tech? One would hope so. I'd like to believe so. It seems like they were angling in that way. If he starts at left tackle, and I think he is your best option at left tackle, frankly, then I think you have to move Bless Harris over to right tackle. Bless Harris has been consistently good. and I think Bless Harris is your answer at one of the tackles regardless. So if Robert Scott's back, he gives you your best opportunity at left tackle. I also think you'll run the ball better when Robert Scott's out there. You'll put Bless Harris at right tackle, who's very good in pass pro and adequate in run blocking. You might ask, what would you do with Jeremiah Byers? Well, Jeremiah Byers may have the best feet of any of the offensive linemen, but there is a guy that I think you could put at guard if need be. It may be that he ends up benched. Maybe you don't have your best five out there right now, and I don't know if he would be a part of it. My suggestion would be at this point probably to put him at guard. You can certainly pull him. And now all of a sudden you're looking at your two tackles, Scott and Harris and Byers on the inside. Uh, Emmanuel hasn't been great. He hasn't played a lot either. He's been hurt. Um, Casey Roddick's been up and down. You've got some room to juggle. It may be that Darius Washington should be in this starting five. If your two tackles are solidified and your center is healthy, maybe you put him at guard somewhere along the way as well. So that would be the future I saw for, because I think you got to get this running game going. There's no doubt. And if they do not, uh, they're going to have a hard time going through the rest of this season unscathed. They're good enough and talented enough at the skill positions that if Jordan Travis gets right and you can once again threaten defenses with the ability, his ability to run the football, then I think you can open up the rest of the running running game, get Trey Benson going, get the rest of these talented uh, running backs going. So to me, solving for the future here may be juggling your offensive line personnel. All right. So I mentioned that this was going to be a combination ISF segment solving for the future. And we thank our friends at ISF. You want to learn more? As always, I would invite you to go to ISF.com, especially if you are in state government and you're looking to get some help, IT initiatives, you want these uh, business needs to inform your work and integrate and develop solutions that best fit what you're trying to do. ISF's the answer, ISF.com. But I also said... That we would do probables here. And while I won't have the probables in the background, I will mention the Power Mill Sports Training Academy is where you want to go. If you got a young, uh, young man, young woman, want to play softball, want to play baseball, take them on over to PowerMill Sports. Want to learn more, go to powermillsports.com. They've had camps, they got great instruction over there. They develop skills uh, which are foundational to every player's game. You guys know that they focus on the skills and help them reach their true potential and Perhaps go to the next level. In fact, speaking of the next level, they've got 27 alumni in the major leagues, 45 years worth of experience, over 2,000 alumni overall. My kids went over there as well. Power Mill Training Academy, powering performance, probables to get to those momentarily first, the stats. So yesterday, in a very critical situation, I might add, tied at five game in the 10th inning, We're going to stop the game to celebrate. I don't know if I would have done that, but I'm kind of okay with it because, man, it's nuts. Ronald Acuna Jr. stole his 70th base. He became the first player in baseball history to have a 40-70 season. A 40-70 season. Now, he was already the first player to have a 40-69 season and a 40-68 season, and you could reverse it and say a 39-68 and season, et cetera. He was the first to do all those things. Bravo, tip of the cap, Ronald Cunha Jr. But there it is. It's now official. 4070 is a thing. It's happened. So I won't go through the history of baseball, but it's pretty cool anytime something happens for the first time in the history of baseball since they've been playing it forever, and it is a numbers game, right? When you have played, per Joe Puznanski, 2,430 baseball games, which is what you play every single year, by the way, collectively 2,430 baseball games. And there have been more than 54,000 regular season games played since 2000. 54,000 regular season games played since 2000. And nobody, just since 2000, little in the history of the game, in 54,000 regular season games, have they ever been able to stop one of them to celebrate a guy going 40-70? You kind of understand why. Maybe, just maybe, they stopped that game. 40-70 40-70 for Ronald Acuna Jr. All right, now, here we go. Probables, A's, Twins, Luis Medina, Sonny Gray, D-backs, White Sox, Bryce Jarvis, Tukey Toussaint, Cardinals, Brewers, Dakota Hudson, Corbin Burns, Pirates, Phillies, Luis Ortiz, Zach Wheeler, Red Sox, Orioles, Chris Sale, Dean Creamer, Yankees, Blue Jays, Luke Weaver, still out there, hanging there, Luke. You play as long as you can, buddy. Chris Bassett goes for the Blue Jays. Marlins, Mets, big game. Jesus Lazardo, Dave Peterson, Cubs, Braves, big game. Marcus Stroman, A.J. Smith, Chauver. We've got the Dodgers and the Rockies. Ryan Yarbrough, Chris Flexen, Rangers, Mariners, Jordan Montgomery, Logan Gilbert, Royals, Tigers, Cole Reagans from right here in Tallahassee, Florida, go Cole. By the way, Cole's good. 7-4 and four with a 3-3-1, 105 strikeouts. He's pitched well. Sawyer, Gibson, Long. Sounds like a bad country band is going for the Tigers. Tigers, Royals-Tigers in game two of a doubleheader that nobody's going to watch. Jonathan Bolin, Tariq Skubal. That is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. And with that, I will say goodbye. Thank you. That's all. It's not really goodbye. I'll be around. You'll be around. I hope you have a good weekend. Mine's going to be long. I'm going to play golf tomorrow. It's going to be glorious. But I will be back with you on Monday. And we will get geared back up. And all will be right with the world as JCS returns to studio and Tom Wang is with us and the fun continues over as we get set to preview Florida state against Virginia tech for uh, director Matthew and for uh, Ben Spicer and for Tom Wang. I'm Jeff Cameron. Be good. Peace.